You know, when we receive Christ, it's a beautiful moment, isn't it? We've been seeing a lot of salvations here at Emmaus this past semester. And it's such a phenomenal thing when someone steps into the kingdom of God. It says in the word that angels are rejoicing. So angels have been partying nonstop since the semester started because, I mean, God has been doing such a phenomenal work in the lives of our students. Amen. But when we receive Christ, something happens. There is a significant change that happens in our spirit. But the problem is our mind needs to catch up. And we're used to thinking the same way we used to think before we had God in our lives. And we're used to thinking the same way that we thought before we were set free from our sins, set free from our bondages. And it is the mind. It says, it says in the word of God that um, by the renewing of your mind, we are transformed. You want transformation in your life. You want breakthrough in your life. You, you got to get your mind straight. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the front over there, sister is receiving it. Okay. Now, when you have your mind set on things above, I'm talking about being unshakable. I'm talking about having a truth that is greater than the reality that you see on this earth. Listen, let me tell you about reality and truth. Reality was we didn't have a room. Even until 5 p.m. today, we had absolutely no room. We had no place. We had no idea where we were going to meet. 5 p.m. today, that was the reality. The truth was God is going to provide. Yes. Did we have a moment where we started texting everybody and calling people? Absolutely. But did we do it in a sheer panic? No, absolutely not. Those of us that were with us today, just hanging out, I don't think you saw us freaking out or having a panic attack or crying or no. See, our minds were set on things above. We knew that we knew that the word of God is true. And it says, God is Jehovah Jireh. That means the Lord, our provider, which means that all the prayers that we've been sowing in, God is going to be faithful to answer all of them. So yes, 5 p.m., we have no idea where we're going to meet. But you know what? Our hearts and our minds, they were set above. We were unshaken. We were unmoved. We were not fastened to anxiety or hopelessness, but we were chilling. Okay? We were chilling. (laughs) The problem is we let the things of our earthly realm, our circumstances, freak us out. Okay, y'all hit something. You didn't do so well on an, on an exam. You know, your mom called you. She's bugging out about something. You don't even know what she's saying because you couldn't understand a word she was yelling about. You got into a fight with your sibling. Mm. And all of a sudden, your thoughts begin to get filled with anxiety, fear, worry. And now your day's ruined it started off so good. You woke up, oh, it's going to be a good day. And one thing happens in class. And now you're just, <sighs> you heated all day long. All the thoughts that are thinking in your mind are the things that are on this earth. Now, I want to give you the key to setting your mind on things above, on breaking through. You know, there's a difference between there's, there's all kinds of truths in this world, isn't there? But some truths are higher level truths than others. Okay. Now, like I said earlier, the truth is we had no room at five o'clock. Okay. But the truth is that we had a room. 
See, the truth is, my feet are all janky right now, okay? But the truth is, I'm all good. <laughs> there are truths, and then there are higher truths. There are things that, yes, okay, we can say that is a reality, but I'm talking about accessing a truth that is higher than what we experience. Now, this is the problem. The problem is we give too much credit to our experience. What you experience becomes your truth. So if you're not experiencing what I'm preaching here, then you're saying, well, what she's saying ain't true. Why? Because I'm not feeling it. Because I'm not experiencing it. So it can't be true. Now, the, the problem is that the only way we can experience and feel it is if we actually believe it first. Faith comes first. Faith and then experience will then follow. I'm talking about setting your mind on things above. You know, we're getting ready to go on a retreat. Man, cannot let, mm. I'm going to pick Pastor Benjamin, Pastor Sonny, Pastor Daniels, Alethea, Mickey, Lana, all of them up at the airport tomorrow. And I'm just so excited. I'm a little nervous because, you know, they're my spiritual authorities. And when they look at me, I feel like they see everything. So when I, when I see them, I just want to repent. You know what I mean? I just want to be like, okay, I just want to say that I'm sorry about this, 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 you know, because they just, you know, they're not judging me. But, you know, you just know that they got that holy aura. And so I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie, you know. But, but I am really excited. Um, we, you know, prepare the room for them, and it's going to be really good. But the last retreat, what happened was they set us in a new dispensation. Now, what I mean by dispensation is dispensation can be considered, you can define it as um, a set of truths. It's, a, it's like an order of things, a set of values, a certain dispensation. Now, prior to the retreat last year, the problem of our church and the problem of many Christians were that we found our worth in what we do. That was, the, that was our reality. That was our set of values. So everything that we did is what made us valuable. So if we started to not do well in a particular area of our lives, all of a sudden we started feeling worthless, not good enough, not worthy enough. Even towards God, God is, he must be disappointed in me. That's a set of values and truths that we were carrying. Was it true? No, but it's what we experienced. You know, when you go to school, you get a star. When? When you do well. When you get the A. No one's giving a star when you get an F. Like, oh, congratulations. And F, here's a star. No, nobody's doing that. You only get credit. You only get praise when you're doing well, when you're, what you do is good. And so we were living on that kind of dispensation, that kind of set of order, that reality, the set of values. And therefore, we were, a whole lot of people in the church were striving. Let me put it like that. We were all working really hard so that we can feel worthy of God's love. We were working really, really hard. And, and you know what? We were working hard, but we were doing a terrible job. All, all of us were messed up. And Pastor Benjamin came in, and he set a new dispensation. Say dispensation. He set a new order, set a value, set a truth in our lives, which was you are a son. You are a son, which means your value is not based on what you do. It's based on who you are and who your daddy is. So because my daddy is Abba, Heavenly Father, my value is priceless. Not because of what I'm doing, not because of how uh, well I can sing or how well I can dance or how well I can read my Bible and memorize verses, but simply based on who we are. See, that reality, it just set 
us all in a whole nother level. And all of a sudden, we started acting, thinking differently. It was a different dispensation. And so when we started to work for things and strive for things, it started to get a little bit uncomfortable because it started to fight. The old began to fight with the new. And it was like, "Mm, I know I'm not supposed to strive because I know that that's not true. And we would begin to go back and forth. But we needed the time to begin to break into that dispensation. Here, let me give you another example. When I first turned my life around for the Lord, excuse me, when God turned my life around back to him, all of a sudden, what was comfortable for me in the old became uncomfortable for me in the new. So I used to go clubbing and dancing and drinking and smoking. And I used to flirt. I used to do all those things that were listening. Even though I was a Christian, it was like, it's all good. You know, God's grace. You know, he loves me. It's all good. He knows my heart. Like I had a, I had the mindset where it was okay. But when I started to turn my life back for God, I broke, I started breaking into another level. And then all of a sudden those things that were, even when I was a Christian, it was all good. Started getting, I started feeling uncomfortable and I started feeling like, "Mm." I mean, I knew that this, mm, I mean, I know I did this like last week and it was all good then, but for some reason I'm feeling a little bit like. I don't know what's going on. All of a sudden, I used to fight with my mom a lot. And so when I would call my mom back in the day, and I'd be like, and it would just be back and forth and back. You know, after that, a phone conversation like that, I'd be like, and I'd be okay with talking to my mom like that. But when I started to hit another level of spiritual maturity, another level in my life, all of a sudden that wasn't okay anymore. And I started to get a little bit uncomfortable and I used to hang up the phone and be like, oh man, something about that. Even though I've done that my whole life, for some reason, for some reason today, it just doesn't feel right anymore. It feels like I shouldn't have done that. But all the years before that, it was like, I didn't even have that thought in my mind. I I was beginning to break into another level, but it was really uncomfortable. You know, when you kind of get to this point, what happens is you get so consumed with the fact that you're struggling. And all of a sudden, when I began to not be numb, but awakened to God's heart for certain things, like the way I spoke to my mom or the way I dressed or the way that I behaved, when I began to be a little bit more awakened to that, all of a sudden, I started feeling more and more down on myself because I was like, man, I'm struggling. Why am I acting like this? Why am I, why am I thinking like this? What's wrong with me? And I was struggling and struggling and struggling. And I thought something must be wrong with me. When the truth was about five months ago, I didn't even care. It wasn't even an issue. But all of a sudden, I'm awakened to it and it becomes an issue. And now I'm frustrated. And now I feel like I'm struggling. Something's wrong with me. See, when we are about to approach a new level, when we're stepping into a new identity, it's like wearing clothes that don't fit anymore. It used to fit. Back in the day, it fit, and it fit good, and you felt nice, and you felt all good in it, and you looked in the mirror, and you're like, I'm all good. But when you're about to step into another level, all of a sudden, because God is changing you from the inside out, the same clothes that looked good on you yesterday looks foolish on you today. And you're like, Snap, why is this not looking good anymore? And you just don't feel right about it. 
we have a long mirror. Um, and actually, Judy, where's my girl Judy? Judy, she, um, she lives with us. We took her in, you know. She's like a lost puppy, and we took her in. Come here, little puppy. And um, now I'm playing. She, the door opened up where she got to live with us, um, and she's been living with us for a year. And something that I love about Judy is her skinny mirror. See, some of y'all already know where I'm going to go with this. The skinny mirror is a deceptive mirror. But it's a, it's a mirror that we all like to be deceived in, you know. And so it's just one of those mirrors that when you look in, you're like, oh, snap. I just did. Wow. I did not know. So I like go, I go talk with Judy at night. I come into a room and she'd be talking, but I'd be looking in the mirror. And she'd be like, yeah. I was like, how's your day, honey? Oh, really? Oh, oh that's good. That's nice. Oh, snap. And in the beginning, I had no idea that it was a deceptive mirror. I just thought I was looking good. And then I go back to my own room and look in the mirror and be like, oh, wait, wait a second. That looks different. I love that skinny mirror. That mirror broke. I feel like it was the Lord saying deception. Bam. It just cracked. It fell one day and it just totally. But we all love that mirror. Every girl that walked into the house, my mom stayed in Judy's room once. And my mom like loved that mirror. She was really depressed when she realized that it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't real. <laughs> and so you're stepping into this new identity, and all of a sudden things are just not looking right anymore. Your behavior, your thought process, everything that you were once comfortable with, all of a sudden is making you feel a little bit uncomfortable, and you don't know why. And then you step into a part where you now you have concluded, I'm, I must be struggling. I feel so uncomfortable right now. I must be struggling. Something must be wrong with me. How come things aren't fitting the way that it used to fit? Why am I looking at myself and it's just not, something's not right. And you think the problem is you. What I want to say to you today is God is breaking you into another level. And what happens is the DNA, my, my mentor said it like this, Pastor Sonny, the DNA of your new level does not allow your old level ways. So because you're stepping into a new identity, if you behave the way that you used to behave, there is a disconnect. Something is not right anymore. You know, when I first became pastor, it was a big jump. Listen, I'm a woman. I'm not ordained. You know, I don't really give off the pastor vibe. I don't have a, you know, I, even as Hamunim, I don't have short hair. It's not curled. You know, I don't cut apples and, you know, like just speaking tongues in the corner all day. And, you know, that's not, it wasn't me. And I remember when I first became a pastor's wife, I had a little bit of a freak out moment. And I was like, what in the heck? God, do you know what you're doing? Like, do you know who I am? Do you know my story? Do you know what I look like? Like, do you know that the congregation is all older than me? And now they got to call me Samonim? And so when I first became Samonim, people were so weirded out by calling me Samonim. Because, you know, you got an image in your mind when you think Samonim. So they all started calling me Samo. You know? Or Sumo. I rebuked the Sumo. FYI. That's why you don't hear that anymore. Because I was like, mm-mm, I reject that. Um, but they're like, hey, Aaron, Samo. And even stepping into that was a little bit weird. Why? Because I was so used to being a church member. You know, I was used to stepping into church and just frolicking and, you know, just saying, talking to so-and-so and, you know, dressing whatever way I wanted, casual jeans, flip-flops. And, you know, I was just used to that lifestyle. 
I was used to not having to, you know, be in the front. And when altar calls, you know, happen, I'm not like all alert. I used to just be the one like, but when I started to step into becoming a, a pastor's wife, another minister alongside my husband, all of a sudden my behavior of just being a member didn't fit into the new identity that God was giving me. And now me just coming into church with flip flops and a, you know, like whatever, wearing whatever, looking like a bum. It just, it just didn't feel right anymore. And me, whenever there was an altar call going on or, you know, I used to be so just absorbed with myself. I'd walk in and I just, you know, be thinking about what I'm going through. But all of a sudden now when I'm a pastor's wife, now I'm thinking about everybody else. And I'm thinking about, man, why is so-and-so looking so discouraged today? I should, I, I better talk to that person. My behavior had to catch up. It had to shift. It had to change. It had to, it, it had to go to another level because my identity was already at another level. And now what used to be okay, wasn't okay anymore. I remember having a conversation with my husband and saying, Hey babe, um, do I not dress nice for church now? Like, do I got to wear like, I don't know, like a suit yeah, like a woman's suit and like a pencil skirt and like kitten heels. And I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I, I was like, do I have to dress like that? And he's like, no, you know, you don't have to dress like that, but you can't dress like the way you've been dressing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> all right. And then when I had to make the transition between becoming a pastor's wife to a pastor, when Pastor Benjamin and Pastor Sonny came into our life, all of a sudden they said, you and your husband are one. Which means you're not just to support, you're half. And so when the church looks at you, they can't look at pastor, pastor's wife. They got to see pastor, pastor. You're together. You're one in spirit. And so we began to step into another dispensation where now the truth and the reality is I'm alongside my husband, not just underneath him. That was weird and hard because I have no qualifications, according to man, to be a pastor. None. I know you guys have seen me preach, but guess what? I'm not, I have never been to seminary. I know. <laughs> Technically, DA is more qualified than I am. But let's just get it straight. There's a reason why I'm up here. And you're sitting back there. Let's just, you know what I'm saying? And so here I am. Now I got to adjust again. And the identity was established by my spiritual mentors. This is who you are. But guess what? My thoughts and my behavior, it took a while to catch up. And I just started getting so frustrated and uncomfortable. I remember one time we were setting up and, uh, we were trying to set up chairs and I was setting up chairs. Why? Because that's just what I did. And my husband just, she straight yelled at me. He's like, get over here. And I was like, <laughs> and he said, honey, don't set up the chairs. I was like, why? I'm just helping. And he goes, you got to let the church members do it. And I'm like, why? I'm like, I'm not going to be one of those high and mighty pastors that don't know how to set up chairs. He goes, no, you're stealing the blessing from the church members. Stop setting up the chairs and I was like oh and when it when I got thirsty you know I normally would get up and go get myself some water but all of a sudden 
when I became pastor, people were like, are you thirsty? You want some water? And I'm like, no, I can get it myself. And my husband would be like, and I'm like, oh, no, you can get it for me. I'm like, this is so weird. I feel so arrogant. I feel like I'm being like, you know, like oh, what, what, the, my church members aren't my little minions. You know, they're not. I don't understand. And he goes, no, you don't understand that when they get you a glass of water, they walk away doubly blessed. You can't steal their blessing from them. And I was like, oh, that, that was easy to come over. And then by the next week, I was like, give me some water. <laughs> that was easy. But there were other things that were a lot harder. For example, how I related to other pastors. You guys were there. Some of you guys were there for um, Good Friday service. How many of you guys were there for Good Friday service? And we joined a couple of, uh, a lot of other English ministries, and we had a huge service together. And what happened was, during the prayer time, they called up all the pastors to the front. They said, we're going to pray for the pastors. And I remember literally getting up on my chair, and I was confused. Do I go up or do I not go up? Because I know my church recognizes me as a pastor of this church, but I don't know if anybody else will. Should I sit? Should I go? Should I sit? Should I go? And I just heard God say, you better get up and go. And I was like, oh, yes, sir. And I went up there, and I'm telling you, for a good, like, 15 minutes, I was the only woman on the stage. And I'm standing there looking to my left, all men in suits. Looking to my right, all men in suits. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. And for a moment, I have to be honest with you guys, I felt fake. Like, I heard the devil just saying, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. You have no credibility to be up here. You know all these pastors are looking at you like, who is she? They didn't say pastors and samonin. They said pastors. Like, I just, and I was, you know, they probably weren't even thinking that, but I was thinking that they were thinking that. And I was all like, hmm. But I had to shift back and I had to tell myself, no, that's a lie. I know who I am. I know who God has said I am, and I'm a pastor of the church. But it was uncomfortable. I struggled with it. And because I struggled to be, to behave differently and to think differently in accordance to my new identity, I started to condemn myself. I started to tell myself, why, man, why can't I just snap out of it? What's wrong with me? Why can't I just believe that I'm the pastor? Why am I struggling like this? And I began to just hear God, I hear the devil just condemning me and saying, see, you weren't supposed to be in this position. You see how you're struggling? It's just proof that something's wrong with you. You know, my pastor, um, Pastor Sunny, she preached a message on this specific thing that I'm sharing with you right now. It just set me free, so I, I knew I had to share it with you. But she gave this particular uh, example. You guys know about airplanes? How many of you guys have, oh, well, you guys all should have flown in your plane. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> JK. <laughs> um, you guys all should have flown a plane before. But, um, you know, there's a moment when you guys fly an airplane where you hit turbulence. You ever hit that place? And you know it's bad when the flight attendants have to sit down and buckle up. 
You know, like, if they're still, like, you know, doing, it's, like, still okay. You know, it's still, but they're still, like, handing stuff out, you know? And you're just like, oh, it's okay. We're okay. But when they get back to their seats and they buckle up, you're like, oh, my goodness, Lord. I just pray safety. You know, because you just you look at the flight attendants. But in every flight, you're going to hit a moment where you hit turbulence. Now, she was, Pastor Sunny was educating everybody. You know, when you fly an airplane, you hit a subsonic level. Now, subsonic means slower than the speed of sound. Okay, say subsonic. Sounds like some hip-hop group. I don't know. I'm subs- anyway, I just, I just stopped. But subsonic, now, the speed of sound is 330 meters per second. Okay, pretty fast, right? Now, when you're flying an airplane, majority of your flight is actually, a lot of your flight is going to be subsonic. But you're going to hit a, a point in your flight where you go into the same pace as the speed of sound. Now, that's called transonic. Say transonic. And when you hit that transonic level, that's when you experience turbulence. Because what happens is the speed of sound, all the sound around you, it goes at the same pace as you, and it begins to build up. Literally, the power of sound begins to build up around your airplane, and that's why all of a sudden you start. The, the pilot doesn't have as much control. If you watch a pilot fly during a, a transonic level, it's literally like this. They're, 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 they're fighting to keep it at a steady level, right? Now, back in the day when airplanes were kind of not on the high-quality side when it just started off, a lot of planes would crash at this level. Subsonic, chillin', 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 chillin'. Transonic, turbulence, turbulence, lose control, and crash. Why? Because everything on the plane doesn't, they, it stops working properly. Like the propellers don't begin to work as quickly as it normally does. And so it's almost like the plane is malfunctioning, but it's just for a short period of time. And a lot of, a lot of, um, uh, a lot, a lot of people would normally think when you hit turbulence, uh, how would you handle that? Now, spiritually, you can say that it's very similar. When you're about to hit another level, okay, what happens is right before you break into another level, we go into a transonic level in the spirit. And that's when the old and the new begins to go head to head. And all of a sudden, you feel like you're malfunctioning as a believer. And the things that worked well, it's just not working out anymore. And the things that used to get you into the presence of God really quickly, it's just not working out anymore. And the things that used to depend on, all of a sudden you're like, what's going on? You feel like your plane, you, yourself, is malfunctioning and you feel like you're about to crash. Now watch this. What happens is most Christians, the way that they respond is they slow down. They feel the turbulence and they don't understand that they're about to break into a new level. And what they do is something must be wrong. Let me slow it down. Let me pull out of church. Let me pull out a small group. Let me stop talking to this leader. Why? Because every time I talk to them, I feel the turbulence in my life. And I feel like the tension between the old and new is coming together. And I feel so uncomfortable when I meet with them. And so the only way to resolve this situation is I'm going to pull back. And we hit this phase of turbulence, this transonic level. Now what pilots do when they hit turbulence is, is they speed up. They know that once turbulence hits, the plane can survive only so long. 
You can't stay in that level of knowing that you're somebody new, but acting like you're the old person. Where your behavior hasn't caught up to the mindset, the things where we put our mind above and not on earth, when it doesn't come in alignment, you can only stay in that place of tension for so long. And if you stay there, you will malfunction, you will break down, and you will crash. Now, what happens is pilots, they begin to speed up. And rather than slowing down, rather than freaking out, they say to themselves, oh, we just, we just hitting the transonic level. It's all good. We just need to persevere. We just need to press in and hold on in this moment. Soon it's going to pass, and now you're going to step into the supersonic level. Come on, say supersonic. Y'all used to play Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, what is that? You know what I mean? Like, that was, uh, what was that? What was that? Sega Genesis. Sega. I hated that game. I hated that hedgehog. But I knew that, you know, the rings, and I, I, I don't know why I went there. But listen, supersonic level, that's a level where you're now traveling faster than the speed of sound. Now you're going even faster, okay? But get this. When you hit the supersonic level, even though you're going faster than the speed of sound, you feel complete peace. You ever, you know, you hit that turbulence when you're on the plane, you're and all of a sudden, oh, you go back to watching your movie again. <laughs> you stop praying, you know, for your, for your family, for yourself. You stop praying. You stop confessing all your sins and you know, oh, it's all good. And you back to, you know, whatever movie you were watching. What happened in the plane is you just hit the supersonic level. Now you have broken through. And now you're hitting a place where you are traveling. Though you are traveling even faster, it's as if you're standing still. Because there is so much peace that's surrounding you. Our problem is when we hit that transonic stage in our spiritual walk, where we know we, we need to live up here, but we're still behaving down here, and it causes turbulence and feeling uncomfortable and feeling discontent and feeling like you're malfunctioning. When we hit that place, all of a sudden we decide, I got to slow it down. And rather than speeding up as you should, we slow it down. And two things happen. One, we break down and crash, or two, we begin to pull away from our we go backwards. You know what happens during the transonic stages? It's hard to tell yourself that everything's okay when it feels like everything's falling apart. Your experience is turbulence, but your faith needs to be unbreaking through. The problem is we put our truth in our experience. So when we experience turbulence, we say something must be wrong. Something must be wrong. This is not a good place. I need to do something about it because where I'm at is not right. When our emotions don't catch up to our truths, when what we experience and feel, you know that you're the new creation, you got a breakthrough at the retreat, but since the retreat, you've been feeling all kinds of weird because your behavior hasn't quite changed yet. And your thought life is in the process of changing and you still feel a little bit uncomfortable. And you look at your situation and then you tell yourself, man, 
I don't think I'm new. I know they told me I was new, and I knew I felt some sort of takeoff at the retreat, but I'm at a, I feel we, I don't, all I feel is turbulence. Something must be wrong. You know, I wrote on my Facebook um, a couple of days ago, I was flipping through my journal, and I said, it's not time to be cautious, it's time to run. I don't know why I said that. You know, I think I wrote that, and I was like, that sounds really cool. I don't know where I got that from. I just remember having a QT with the Lord, and he just put that on my heart. It's not time to be cautious. It's time to run. And it's funny. It's after I heard this message from Pastor Sonny, my spirit just woke up, and I got it. Because I've been in this transonic level this semester where I have been feeling turbulence all around and even within me. And I'm thinking, man, something must be wrong with me. I must not be a pastor. I must be, you know, I sent an email to Pastor Sonny and Pastor Benjamin saying, I'm bugging out. Just things are not going well. I feel like I'm not functioning well as a pastor. I feel like everything I say to my sons and daughters, I have to tell them a hundred times. They're not, they're not getting it. I feel like something's wrong with me. I feel all these different things. Something is not right. The way that I'm living is not in agreement to what I'm supposed to be believing. Something's wrong with me. And they sent me an email with this passage here. Nothing's wrong. No, son. That's what they say. No, son. All is well. You're just breaking into a new level. You're just breaking into a new level. I know it's hard to believe that all is well right now when everything you feel and everything you experience is telling you the exact opposite, but I need you to have faith. And so I read that email, and I didn't believe. I said... Y'all don't know what I'm going through. And, and then I listened to this message. And I was talking about me. And finally I shifted. I said, no, I don't care what I'm experiencing. I don't care what I'm feeling. I don't care what the response of even the sons and daughters of the house are. I know who I am. And I know that God is breaking me into a new level right now. That's why the things that used to be okay in my life are not okay anymore. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't fit because I'm at a higher place now. So when shaking comes in your life, it's not time to disengage. When shaking happens in your life, it's not time to isolate yourself. It's not time to draw back. It's not time to not talk to people that you wanted to open up to. It's not time to, to slow down or close your heart. It's time to speed up. It's time to get even more committed. It's time to get even, connect even more with the leaders. It's time to go full out, speed up, and then you boom. Next thing you know, all of a sudden, turbulence stops, and now you just experience peace. How did that happen? I want you guys to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 60. Man, I am sweating. Like, no, I'm just hot. Like, I just, hey, can you open this for me? See, you're going to get blessed just right now, just by doing that. See that? Bless you. Bless you. All right. Isaiah 60. Watch this. Verse 1 says this. Arise. Arise. Shine. 
for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. That's Isaiah 60 verses 1 to 2. Now catch this. When you hit a supersonic level, when you travel faster than the speed of sound, now you can go at the rate where you're traveling at the speed of light. You know, when you watch lightning happen, you know, if it's a storm, usually you'll see the lightning first, and then you'll hear the thunder a couple of seconds after, right? Because the speed of light is faster than the speed of sound. But your ability to break through that sound barrier, your ability to break through that transonic level comes from this revelation here that God who is the God of light, the God whose light has come, is bringing you up and causing you to rise up out of your low place and into a new level that's faster than you've ever gone before. It says, behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. What happens is we get stuck on this. We see the darkness in our own lives. We see our frustrations. We see the darkness in other people, and we just get stuck here. And we say, you know what? I'm going to slow down. I'm going to back up. I'm going to pull out. I'm going to isolate myself. Why? Because I see darkness everywhere. But the word of the Lord says, but the Lord will arise upon you. And his glory will be seen upon you. I want you to turn to your neighbor. I want you to say, arise. Come on, rise up. <laughs> I want you guys to close your eyes with me. You've been hearing a lot of messages. And a lot of these messages have been directly pertaining to your identity according to the word of God. And the problem is you see the word, you hear the word, and then you look at your own life. And you look at the behavior of your own life. And there is a frustration that has been brewing. And this frustration, the devil has been lying to you and has been saying it represents the fact that you are in a low place. But I want to tell you, because you're feeling frustrated, it means you're in a high place. What you used to not care about, what used to not affect you or even touch you, all of a sudden it begins to just war inside of you because you are now in a higher place. And God wants to break you through that transonic level of turbulence. And he wants to encourage you to hold on and to speed up, to not slow down, to not pull out, to not isolate yourself, but to speed up, to run after him, to run straight into his arms, to run into the word, to run into the family of God, to run into commitment. And there in that place of speeding up, all of a sudden you're going you're gonna to hit the supersonic level. And you're going to feel peace, a peace that the word of God says transcends all understanding. Some of you guys, and this is including staff. Shoot, this message is for you, staff. What I'm preaching, you know exactly 
what I'm talking about. When I describe even feeling like you've been malfunctioning, you know what I'm talking about. The wearing clothes that used to fit but don't fit anymore, you know what I'm talking about. See, when David needed to defeat Goliath, what happened was Saul gave his armor to David. David put it on, and he was like, this don't fit me. It's time to take off what doesn't fit. Your thought life, the behaviors, what you used to do that was okay. You, you really didn't get affected by it. It didn't really make you feel bad. But now it's all of a sudden something's going on and it's making you uncomfortable. It's because you're hitting a new level. You're going higher. You're not going lower. And if that's you, I'm going to establish you. I want to establish each and every single one of you in this reality, in a new dispensation. If that's you, I want you to just stand to your feet wherever you are. And I want you to pray because this word will have no effect unless you believe it. Everything I say will be meaningless unless you have faith. Faith is what acts. It, 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 it causes you to now access something that you couldn't reach before. Faith. I'm telling you right now that you're just hitting turbulence. I'm telling you right now that you are in a high place, not a low place. I'm telling you right now that you are in the midst, so close to breaking into a new level in your spiritual walk, in your intimacy, in your finances, in your studies, in your family, in every area of your life. You're about to hit a brand new level. And I'm asking you right now to believe it. To believe it. To say yes and amen. To claim it as yours. So I want you guys, those of you that are standing, I want you to begin to pray. And I want you in your prayer to come into agreement with the word. I want you to begin to cast down all discouragement. Every condemnation. I feel like some of you guys have been feeling so condemned lately. That's not the voice of God. You've been feeling, you've been hearing the devil's voice. Who do you think you are? That's not, that's not God. You've been even feeling fake. I feel so fake. That's not God. And so I want you to just begin to break that off of yourself. Everything that you now know is deception. I want you to begin to open up your mouths and speak it out. And tell the devil, devil, I'm not listening to you anymore. And begin to declare to God, God, I know what you're doing. And begin to come into agreement with it. Come on. Let's just begin to lift up our voice.